Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Oh boy. I don't know how to explain this day to you guys, or I can't even begin to uh, describe what's going to happen for the next five hours, because I have to be very honest. I am super amped. <laughs> I love election days, Lady B. I don't, I don't think I, I was able to uh, convey that to everybody. We're going to call Paul Strubing. I just sent Lady B the... Uh, um, the information about the rest of the show because I cobbled it all together during the day in the last 24 hours as I was talking to people. We're going to check in with uh, one of the candidates running for the 41st Ward Aldermanic seat, Paul Strubing, who is uh, obviously out at all the polling places. Uh, I'm amped because uh, I have been out campaigning for candidates uh, I believe in. And I will tell you the reason I campaign for anyone who uh, wonders, you know, why was she out for this person and, what, you know, why is she running against so-and-so? Both of the people that I campaigned for today I have been friends with. And they have been uh, people that I trust, that I admire, and that inspire me. With Susanna Ernst, who is running for the 45th Ward Alderman seat, uh, I have known her for almost a decade. I have watched her work with everyone. I have had the pleasure of joining with her in programs that benefit our community. For Dan Richmond, who is running for the 19th District Police Board, I uh, I knew him for almost a decade when I worked at WGN Radio. And when I reported sexual harassment and abuse, he was the only person who I've, who I've spoken to who did not try to gaslight me, did not try to say, oh, well, Jimmy was a great guy or that's just the way he is. And that's why I stand behind both of these candidates. And I wanted to tell you that because I know that maybe there'll be pictures of me, you know, radio host, whatever. This is a commentary show. I share my opinions. I've been very clear about that. I've been trying to be as guarded as I can about the mayoral race because I want to also protect our integrity as much as I can when it comes to whether it's a runoff or uh, you know just having our conversations in the last few weeks. Um, I just want to make sure that people are aware of that. Lady B, can we give Paul Strubing a call? I, oh, we're, she's, she's got it going. Sorry about that, Lady B. I threw everything at her. I've got, uh, we're going to have a candidate for 41st Ward Aldermanic. We've got, uh, we've got the uh, 19th District, another police board member, just to show folks to, to have that conversation. Uh, I'm also going to have a, another candidate from the 19th District Police Board uh, race as well. We're going to talk to Wertana um, Capos from Politico to see uh, what her thoughts are on how all of this has unfolded, what the energy is like today. Alice Yin from the Chicago Tribune. We're going to talk to her at 6 o'clock. And uh, your calls, of course. We encourage you to give us a call. If I'm with a, a guest, I, everyone's on a very tight schedule. So please do don't take it personally if I don't take your call while we're talking to our guests. Uh, this is five hours of election coverage, and, uh, and I'm coming in from being a little bit windblown. It was not a cold day, but it was a little blustery. Oh, here, let's not let the candidate wait very long. On the line with us is Paul Strubing from the 41st Ward, who's, I'm guessing, at a polling place right now. How's it going, Paul? It's going great, Patty. How are you? I, uh, I've been running from polling place to polling place today as well, uh, but nothing compared to what a candidate has to go through. What's it like there? What's the energy like for you right now? The vibes are good. The vibes are good, but um, 
not as many voters as we expected, so everybody's got to get out and vote. Yes. Um, we're really excited about the voters that are coming out, but we want everybody to get their voice heard and get out to the polls because the ward deserves somebody who's going to show up and do the work. And uh, that's me. All right, and folks. The current guy's not doing it. As Paul's saying, it is a little sluggish at all the polling places. We are hearing this all over the city. I witnessed this, the same thing in my neighborhood, and I went down to Boys Town campaign there for someone else. You're absolutely right. So, folks, please, if you're thinking, hey, I'm going to wait for the runoff, or, you know, what difference does it make, or whatever, please, as Paul just said, please, it matters. So, we're, uh, let folks know about the, the 41st Ward. That's Norwood Park, Edison Park. Tell, tell folks about these neighborhoods. So, if they know, someone yeah, there sure. to call their friends yeah if you know anybody in edison park norwood park big oaks union ridge um st eugene's neighborhood uh norwood park please call them tell them to get out to the polls um they're open till seven if you're in line at seven um stay in line you should they will let you vote um and go and you know vote for paul Struving because i'm the better candidate and we all it's a head-to-head here so um there will be no runoff in this race. So that's a big reason why you should go out and vote. If you care about what your alderman is going to do for your neighborhood, and you've seen our neighborhoods get left behind, um, it's important that you get out and make your voice heard. And we are talking about a voice that represents so many people in the community that maybe feel like, oh, you know, I don't want to tell people, you know, which way I'm going. Or, you know, there's a lot of connected folks who back the incumbent. Paul Strubing it has worked very hard and will work very hard for the 41st Ward. Uh, what, so which, which uh, polling places have, have you seen a little more energy? Which one are you at right now? How's that? We're at Garvey right now. And actually, there was a line for the first time today. Hey! Um, so that was good. I mean, you never want to see lines, but it's good to see people at the polls, and it's definitely picked up um, for sure. And, you know, and to your point, Patty, we have worked really hard this campaign. We've knocked on over 15,000 doors. I've done 5,000 myself personally, um, and there's a lot of excitement and uh, desire for change up here. But uh, And there's a lot of people who also feel that they are outnumbered um, on, you know, yeah. The left. And that may not be the case. And, you know, but if, until we all make our voices heard, it will be. So we need everybody to get out and vote. For folks who maybe aren't familiar with the Northwest side, a lot of uh, first responders and we support our first responders and a lot of union workers. And, of course, we are union strong. With that in mind, a lot of folks, there's a lot of manpower attached to that. And uh, it's, a, it's a different energy. Have you noticed that a little bit at the polling places? Because I certainly did in the 45th Ward. Um, yeah, no, I mean, like, I don't know, people are pretty, seem pretty excited to be voting for me, Yeah, there's going to be people voting for the other guy, so, um, what, I, know, what, it, I, what I mean is like that, like, kind of hollering at people, there's a presence that's different, and Paul yeah. is, is a chance for people from the community to have a voice in, in what's going on, right? Yeah, there's, um, <clears throat> yes, for sure, there, our current alderman is not the best at uh, communicating with the community or involving people in the choices that get made in our neighborhoods and we need somebody who's going to consult with everyone and represent everyone, um, which isn't the current case. So what's been your favorite part of today of this last day of, of uh, canvassing and campaigning and handing out your information to folks? So today's been fun, but my favorite part was yesterday. I was out knocking doors and, uh, in a precinct that's right under the airport and it was blowing like mother. It was, you know, 30 mile an hour winds because the weather had changed. It had gone from being about 57 degrees to being about 40. And I knock on this door, and this guy, this little Italian man comes out in his gym shorts, no shirt, and no shoes, and talks to me for five minutes about voting. And was just the kindest, most excited guy in the world. 
And, uh, you know, at the end of the conversation, he's like, yeah, I'm definitely going to vote for you tomorrow. So um, it was great. And that was a highlight. Top number one talk person I've talked to all campaign. It was, it was outstanding. Um, so shirtless man, no shoes, 30-mile-an-hour <laughs> wind. It doesn't get much better than that. It, no. was, it was outstanding. That's awesome. Well, I wish you the very best, Paul. Uh, Go get them. Get back to work. Hand out those cards. Talk to those voters. And again, folks, get out to vote. Get to your polling place. As Paul said, if you are Strubing in 41, (laughs) Paul Strubing in 41. And if you are in line at seven o'clock, you can vote. They will put a whole place marker behind you. If you are there at 659 and 59 seconds, you get at 7700, you get to vote. So get out there and vote, folks. It's never been more important. I know we say that every single time, but uh, that's because it's always true. It just always is. Thank you so much, Paul. We wish you the best. Thank you, Patty. Take care. Let's uh, take a break here. Thank you. Let's take a break here. We're going to take a, uh, we're going to talk to one of the candidates, uh, not my friend Dan Richmond. I met one of the uh, opponents, but you can vote for three people. And I said, hey, come on the show. She's handing out Dan's cards, too. This is a, a really collaborative uh, campaign. Uh, there are candidates who are running together, not in the 16th, not in the 16th district for police, but uh, in the 19th, there are people who are helping each other. And I and I loved seeing that today. So let's talk to uh, our, our friend uh, who I just met today. Today, um, hold on, Demer. I want to. I don't want to get her name wrong. I'm so nervous. Uh, her name is Demerick Palacek. D- um, nope, Demerick. Demerick Palacek. And we're going to talk to her in just a moment on WCPT 820. We are on till 10 o'clock live, covering the mayoral campaigns, the aldermanic campaigns, and the police board count, the police council campaign. So, let's find out what the results are and how it's going right now. Get out there and vote, folks. I feel like I should. I don't have to tell you guys that. I feel like you already have. Or are in line just listening to me. Bye, everybody. Let's <laughs> take a break. The Hal Sparks Radio Program. Steve Bannon declared Carrie Lake the official, undisputable governor of Arizona. So the right wing, oh, for the record, you know. are handing out participation trophies. Yeah, you're mayor too. You, nobody loses. You get a, you get a little ribbon for playing the game. Hal Sparks. Saturdays from 11 to 1 on WCPT 820, Chicago's Progressive Talk. Because facts matter. You are listening to WCPT 820. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. It is a busy day today, and uh, we have all kinds of candidates that are out there hitting the polling places, including our guest on the line, Demarik Palachek, who is running for the 19th District Police Council. Demarik, how are you doing today? Patty, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great. It's a little chilly, a little chilly than anticipated, but I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. It was really lovely to meet you today. Uh, I had been at the other end of the poll. It's hard to explain to folks who've never campaigned at a polling site about staying outside the blue cones. Uh, but I came over because I wanted to, I wanted to see who was down there, and you were absolutely charming and uh, and so passionate about what you're doing. Tell folks why you are running for the 19th District Police Council. Yeah, I mean, I've been very active in my community for a really long time. I live in Uptown. I love doing community events. Uh, we just did one not long ago, just handing about handing out about 400 coats and food to anyone who needed it. Um, I also uh, have been in the military about 13 years now. I started active duty Air Force and then National Guard Army for the past 10 years. I'm over public safety and equal opportunity. 
And, um, you know, sometimes crime happens a lot in our area and a lot of mental health is needed. So I thought it was time to step up and really be a community leader. There was a, a campaign worker for you. I think his name is Eli, who was very passionate about you, uh, was uh, telling folks about you at Wells Park the other day. And I heard him mention January 6th. Was was that something that he that I, I overheard him say that you were uh, someone who you know was very passionate about making sure that we protected our democracy and uh, the attack on our capital? Absolutely. So, yeah, being in the National Guard um, and over public safety, I was activated to go aid in that. So we flew out the next day or so uh, immediately. And, yeah, we were activated, boots on the ground, um, trying to figure out public safety for everyone involved and, you know, get everything under wraps and controlled. So you have a perspective that is a community member, uh, someone who wants to help people and who is aware of how important it is to make sure that those who are hired uh, to protect and serve us are also supported, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. So officer wellness is important to me in making sure that everyone is safe, but held accountable at the same time. I really, by the way, I'm just looking at your logo. I love the uh, the star and the P. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> There's some good campaign <laughs> logos out there. Yours is a really good one. I just want to let you know. Uh, so what is, absolutely, uh, what have you learned in this campaign running for the police board, the police council of the 19th district? Oh, my gosh. I've learned so much. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. I just don't, I can't even name one thing. Right? Um, definitely. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? No, I, I agree. It's, it's probably a lot. And it's, it's uh, there's so much that comes at you, isn't there? Yeah, it's definitely a whirlwind and always a whirlwind of emotions. Um, you know, you talk to one one house and you're like, oh, my, it makes you cry. It was so beautiful and overwhelming. And they want you to come to dinner and you know their dog. And <laughs> and then you go to the next house and then they're like, get away from me. And you're like, OK. Um, <laughs> so it's a lot of emotions, but it's it's an amazing experience. So I I was really uh, impressed and delighted when I went down there. You were also handing out cards for for Dan Richmond. uh, And and I love that there's a a camaraderie because there are three positions. You you guys remember when you vote. uh, And this is why we're talking to to Demarique is because we want to make sure that you're getting out there. Uh, Don't be overwhelmed by the fact that you hadn't researched something or you think there's going to be a runoff. We need folks to get out there uh, and you're working so hard out there. So what do you want to tell people about getting out to vote today? Yeah, I mean, we have about two hours left. We have a lot of mail-in ballots still out there. Definitely get those in. Please get in line. We still have time. Um, And, yeah, I mean, this is a very brand-new role. We're making history, um, and we'd love if you come vote for us, uh, Demarik and Dan. And what polling place are you at right now? Um, right now, I'm on uh, Belmont and Broadway at the uh, library. Oh, you're so you're still where I left you. It was, isn't I it? I am. I haven't moved. <laughs> <laughs> isn't it funny how beautiful it was this morning? It was sunshine. Uh, it felt pretty. But as soon as that cloud cover came in, that was a chill, wasn't it? To the bone. I, I put my snow pants on and a couple other scarves. So. <laughs> Outstanding. Well, thank you for the offer about donuts, by the way. But I was like, you know, I, I was in the car and driving and then I, I it, it slipped my mind. That was a very kind offer for you to send, you know, for the station. I know that we're going to be here a long I feel bad now telling the station that we could have had donuts. I'll buy them donuts, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. We'll make it up to you guys later. I promise. No worries. I look forward to talking to you. I wish you the very best. And regardless of what happens, I would love to connect with you again. Sound good? Absolutely. Thank you so much. I appreciate everything you do. Oh, thank you. No, I appreciate what you're doing. And get back out there and talk to voters. Everyone, if you're in line by 7 o'clock, you will vote. So get out there. Go see Demarique. She's at the library over at Belmont and Broadway. Have a great evening, and we'll talk to you soon.
All right, bye, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's uh, let's get to some phone calls. Seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. What did you see at the polling places? What was? Uh, did you go vote today? Did you mail in? Uh, are you seeing these stories about how it's a little slow out there? It, does it have you concerned about your candidate? Let's see what uh, Dave has to say in Hoffman Estates. Hey, Dave, what's on your mind? Hey, Patty. I was just telling Lady B that uh, earlier today, Joan had a, a guy who's running on for school board at 214, which is next door to us, and he was talking about the... Well, I was telling Lady B, there was an article in our paper from this lady in Hoffman Estates that she's been going to these uh, monthly school board district 211, which is right, right borders right with 214, school board meetings over the last 18 months. And she said, she told her friends and stuff about what's been happening right in our own backyard. She said, Proud Boys menacing people in the parking lot. Oh. Awake Illinois members yeah. are threatening to beat up attendees. Extremists yeah. screaming insults at board members trying to speak. Wow. Extra armed police being required for security. So, you know, how can this be happening here? One reason is that these extremists have found comfort in their views and words and action on board members Mark Kramer and Peter Dombrowski. So now with a week and a nod, many of these same extremists are supporting both of these men for re-election. And to help put an end to the chaos, the residents of High School District 211 need to show up for April 4 elections and cast their votes to reject the turmoil that Kramer and Dombrowski have fostered. We deserve better. And because tell Lady B, this Kramer know quite well because his mother lives on the block here with you know she's since passed but he's got the house and he's a landlord and he's very arrogant you know and stuff like that and he don't really care about the kids he's a he's a power hungry guy i mean he's just using it as a stepping stone he wants to move up a little bit and he's a bully yeah awesome and that but i made before the fourth election let me reread this one again but i'm just uh Shouting out to the people in 211, do not vote for these these two people, this Kramer and Dombrowski. I had no idea that there was that kind of term because I got no kids, so I never went to school board meetings, you know? Right. But- well, this point of it. and this happened today. I was talking to someone about uh, one of the candidates that's running for office who has ties, uh, has spoken at Awake Illinois events, has uh, said that they were they would never vote for Democrats again, that they were a Republican. Uh, the, all these videos that have come out about a candidate. And they were like, I, I didn't know that. I, I, I guess I guess I should do some research. And I was like, oh, my God, this is how Nazis get elected, people. I mean, this is how hate groups rise, rise to power. And so uh, I, I get that we, you know, I, I also have not paid attention to school board uh, elections and things like that. But but groups like the Proud Boys, Awake Illinois, they have they have participated in online abuse and death threats. And they they wrap themselves in the cloaks, uh, the cloak of it's we want parental rights. You know what? I, I sent two boys to public school. I read, you know, when they came home from school, I checked what they had in their backpacks. What were they working on? I knew what books they were reading. And my. My son, Griffin, would tell me when he had questions about books, what, why, why aren't these parents having conversations with their kids to find out what they're learning so they can go from there rather than having a broad you know, brush of, well, they're just trying to indoctrinate our kids or they're grooming them. And this is all just hate language, and it's dangerous, and we need to be vigilant. Yeah, and um, 
uh, anyway, well, thanks for letting me get that word out. But uh, Tell us the names again. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely do it again. And plus, he, he, there was an incident one time with one of the guys we used for the landscaping. And that I mean, almost a little borderline uh, race in this guy, this uh, Kramer. So. And when is when is the election? Is it is it today as well, or I think April four? April, April yeah, 4th. A, a lot of elections. We'll have uh, ele- we'll have early, you know, early voting. So yeah, trying to get this shout out to these people that, that you know, if there's nobody running against them, don't vote for these people, you know, or yep. just vote. You just, but you don't want, do not want Mark Kramer or this Dombrowski. Okay, good to know for the school part. All right, thanks, Patty. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Hey. Thanks, Dave. Be well. Be well. Take care. Yeah, you you guys, these groups like Awake Illinois, Moms for Liberty, they say that they're trying to stop indoctrination of children. They want because they say that our schools are being uh, filled with non-Christian values and an unpatriotic world worldview. I I don't. We cannot let them dominate the conversation. They do not stand for liberty. They do not stand for freedom. When you tell a child what book they can or can't read, that is not freedom. When you tell a teacher that they that you accuse them of teaching unchristian values just because you have some sort of agenda that you want to shove down the, the throats of our children, of our educators, that is not freedom. It's not. I, I, this is it, it is an unpatriotic. You're not patriotic if you are threatening educators, if you are abusing them online, putting targets on their back. You are not about freedom. And using hateful language is it's unacceptable. It is unchristian, by the way. I, I, I'm sorry to tell you this. Hateful language, it's unchristian. I just thought I'd point that out to you. Uh, they they are they are obsessed with uh, you know talking about bathrooms and who can and can't participate in sports. Let's take a break here. Um, let's talk to Shia Kapos from Politico. I'm so excited. I don't know why I haven't had her on sooner. So Shia, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I look forward to your perspective and what you've heard uh, around town and around the state about what's happening during our mayoral race in Chicago. More in a moment on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. We're driving it home. I'm kind of driving it home till 10. We're live coverage till 10 o'clock. Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive on WCPT Willow Springs, is powered by ComEd. See how ComEd is preparing for a clean energy future at comed.com slash clean energy. This is WCPT 820. Listen in Chicago on 820 AM or stream us live on WCPT820.com. The TuneIn Radio app or tell Alexa or Google to play WCPT. WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk, where facts matter. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. If you want to know what's going on across the state of Illinois and our government and our politics, you must be reading Shia Kappas in Politico. Shia, thank you for joining us. It's a busy time, isn't it? <laughs> Yes. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Yes. It's a crazy day. Oh, my gosh. Uh, even leading up to this, what has struck you about this election in Chicago with the, the mayoral race? Um, how hard Lightfoot has had to fight, you know, to to get ahead. And then just a few twists and turns. You know, two months ago, we thought Chuy Garcia would be the guy running away with it, and now it looks like Paul Vallis is that guy. So that's kind of 
surprising. Um, is that is that really uh, uh, so? Cause even in the aldermanic races, I've talked to a lot of candidates. I've been out campaigning for friends of mine. Public safety is top of mind. And what I, the other thing I'm hearing is two things. One, that uh, people think that Paul Vallis is the law and order guy. And two, they're like, well, he's a numbers guy. So I think he can fix things. That's what I'm hearing. Is that your sense of things? Um, I don't hear about the numbers stuff because I also know that he's drawn criticism with how he ran uh, the New Orleans and Philadelphia school districts. Uh, I, you know, I think people genuinely think, or a lot of people anyway, think that Lori did a good job in managing the city financially. Um, but yeah. it's the public safety that really gets to people. And, you know, what's funny is uh, homicides are going down, but they're not going down fast enough. And they're still higher than they were when she took office. And, you know, people don't see that. They don't see any improvement. All they know is, like, my bike was stolen from my house, you know, and it's never happened before because I'm in this neighborhood that's never had this kind of crime. And and so they are angry. And, you know, what do you do? You point to the person at the top of the, you know, the food chain who should be in charge of that. And that's and she's taking a, a of that and she recognizes that it is you know it's on her I guess um, and she's just trying to convince people that look we're doing what we're we're doing what we can to bring it down the crime is coming down but but people's perceptions are what they are you can't right. exactly change yeah, and and that was my sense today. I was I, I I live in the 45th ward, where we have a lot of first responders. I was a little surprised at the a lot of energy for Paul Vallis on the corner. I was working in front of a polling place. Uh, like three people told me they believed that Paul could win this straight out today. I I really find that hard to believe. Don't you? Oh yeah. I mean it's uh, it's statistic almost impossible. Yes. He could get he could get in the low thirties, which would be amazing. But I mean think of Rahm Emanuel eight years ago. There were only four people in the race and he went into a runoff. So it's next to impossible for one person out of nine right. to get fifty percent plus one, you know. And now I think there is because you you've you've written about how she Lori Lightfoot's taking nothing for granted, and I think that's the best path to not take it for granted. She is out there working really hard, uh, but a lot of folks talking about how she might not make it in the runoff, which is startling, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks like um, if you believe the polls, and a lot of polls are flawed, but. All of them seem to have Vallis ahead. And anecdotally, it looks like, you know, he's the only white guy. A lot of white wards that are affected by crime are getting behind him. So it looks like he's going to be number one. So the challenge is, you know, who will be number two? Will it be Lori Lightfoot or will it be Brandon Johnson or will it be Chewy Garcia? Um, The thinking the past day or two has been that Garcia is... Uh, is not going to be second. Um, but, you know, I think polling is really bad in uh, Latino communities. I don't think they uh, are polled properly, if at all. So, you know, that could be a big surprise. We may not know. I mean, Garcia may be the guy that emerges, 
Um, we know that Lori Lightfoot is really campaigning hard uh, for black women, and black women are coming out for her. There was an event over the weekend, and it was like uh, you would not know that she was in trouble by that event because people were so jazzed up for her. Right. Uh, and then you have you have younger people, uh, progressives who are not with Chewy but are with um, uh, Brandon Johnson, who are who are like who are are emotional and passionate about Johnson the way a lot of people are about Vallis. So there are a lot of different dynamics. And then the other challenge for Lori Lightfoot is she is one of seven black people running. And, you know, that, that is difficult because the black vote might be spread out over all of those folks, whereas a ballast might get predominantly white voters and Garcia will get predominantly Latino voters. And I talked to uh, someone I was uh, in front of a, can- a polling place today, uh, and he was telling he's he's African American. He said that his family he has members of his family that are going to vote for Vallis. They oh. had I, yeah, and I was like oh, and and he said that uh, they had been with Willie. They wanted someone who was law and order. They had been with Willie until and and this was interesting to me because the state the quote that I heard was that Willie Wilson said the police you know we should take the handcuffs off the police and they should be able to hunt criminals down like rabbits right that's that's yeah. a, that's a quote I know he said in his community that it was hunt them down like dogs and I I had never yeah. have you heard that. No, no, it was a rabbit. And he said it at some, I mean, maybe he said it at a church or something that wasn't broadcast. But, right. but in the public debate, he said like rabbits. And it very much angered and upset. I mean, Lori Lightfoot was visibly upset. Um, he brought it up twice. And the second time she was just like throwing up her hands saying, how can you say this about our black and brown boys out there? You know, right? she was, and I think a, a few people told me they thought that would hurt Willie Wilson, but then some people thought it would help him too. So, right. you know, I guess it just depends on what you think about public safety. Let's talk about endorsements and, and to that with public safety, of course, the endorsement and the support of FOP went to Paul Vallis. And that's, that's significant when people are worried about public safety, isn't it? Uh, yes, though, I mean, if they really follow it, they know that it's not the rank and file who are endorsing him. It is management. And I don't know if the rank and file are endorsing. Huh. Interesting. It, well, how much do you think these endorsements carry weight in races like this? I mean, look, as a candidate, uh, I will tell you that seeing uh, endorsements on mailers that were quite heinous. Uh, I've talked to uh, I've talked to Congressman Quigley about his face being on a mailer that was uh, questionable, to say the very least. Um, but I had friends who said if they didn't know me, they would have been like, oh, well, if Congressman Quigley, you know, likes this person and I like their their uh, their their take on, on politics, then I'll vote for them. So it does have an impact, doesn't it? It does. But then but maybe not. I mean, the Chicago Teachers Union endorsed Tony Preckwinkle and she didn't make it very far. Fair. That's, it. That's fair. Right. And if Brandon Johnson doesn't win tonight, he has. CTU behind him, too. So that, you know, I, I don't know how much that matters. Um, 
I think it depends on who it is, right. you know, who's doing the endorsing. Um, yeah, I think there are a lot of facts. What, what did you think when uh, Congresswoman Delia Ramirez uh, came out in support of Brandon Johnson rather than Congressman Chewy Garcia, who had helped her in her race? I, that caught me off guard. I was like, what? Yeah, that was a surprise. But I believe she endorsed Brandon Johnson before Garcia got in the race. Okay. And Garcia delayed, delayed, delayed getting in. People felt they needed to get moving on the campaign. They needed to get going. They needed to commit. Uh, and she committed, you know, because CTU was behind her, I think, in her campaign. So she, you know, went with Brandon Johnson and then, um, and then she, uh, you know, got in the race. And his late entry in the race, when we start analyzing what happened, if he does not make it, you know, that would probably be a discussion point. He was late getting in the race. Uh, he was late getting on TV. Uh, and and it was hard to get past that because he was, you know, uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot's ads were really hammering him on things. And he didn't get up to counter uh, for a few weeks. And that hurt him, I think. I I was uh, that was an element to it as well as you uh, I think that you you say that perfectly is that 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 delay really has an impact and then you know it does uh, throw a wrench into things when we already had a field of eight you add a ninth. Uh, you know, a lot of people have been talking about whether or not there should have been a consensus candidate in the African-American community. I mean, I, it, it, there's a lot of polit- politicians I've talked to who's like, you know, if you want to run, run. It shouldn't matter why or what the the obstacles are. Do it anyway, uh, which is fine. Uh, but then you're going to have a, a complicated race, aren't you? Right. Well, and you have like Indigo, which is a black uh, centric newspaper in town that's more online, they gave that argument. Hermine Hartman said, look, you know, if we don't get behind one African-American candidate, then we risk losing our representation in, you know, on the fifth floor of City Hall. So they pushed for Lori Lightfoot for that reason. And that drew a lot of criticism. You know, Willie Wilson was very upset because, you know, he didn't think that was fair uh, to say, you know, have to get behind one black candidate. Um, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Yeah, a lot of progressives are saying the same thing. You know, they are concerned that Chewy Garcia and Brandon Johnson are going to split the progressive vote um, because yeah. it would have been one or the other that CTU might have endorsed. So right. uh, now they're splitting it. You know, Lori Lightfoot has a little piece of that still. People, you know, might not realize. So, um, so that's really... Uh, that could have a have an impact on the outcome. We're talking to Shia Kappas, who writes for Politico. Follow her, follow her work, follow her on Twitter. You can find her work at politico.com. And you bring up a good point in this article about the nine-person stages set. Uh, with the, the numbers that Lightfoot had in 2019, she made it to the runoff with 17.5% of the vote. Preckwinkle had 16%. And it, it, what was that? Sorry. Say that again. Oh, yeah. So you you wrote that Lightfoot made it to the runoff in 2019 yeah. with 17.5. Yeah. was 16. And and again, this comes back. We were talking a moment ago about how polling can be all over the place because Lightfoot, like three weeks before the race, before the election, was polling at only, what, three to five percent? Right, right. But then she got the endorsement of the Sun-Times 
And there was a very dramatic moment that happened that I think really yes. was pivotal. Yes. She got in an argument with a state lawmaker and he uh he towered over her towered over her and you know pointed his finger and she stood up to him she's this very small person she stood up to him and you know didn't back down and people loved it she she was you know fierce and firm and and that is the attitude she has carried through the whole administration it's very on brand for her so then it's interesting to me that People will complain about that personality trait as being a negative when four years ago they saw it as a positive. And I think it's because the city has troubles, so you have to blame it on something. So it must be because she is, you know, like that, you know. Uh, I want to thank you. I've told this story, and I have to pull up the video and show people that three weeks before the election, Senator Robert Martwick was at her press conference uh, because he had dropped a bill on the Friday before. And I still don't know why. That part's not important, but he showed up, and one of the things he said was, your Trumpian tactics are why you're wholly unfit to be the mayor of Chicago. And you're right. She stood her ground. But that imagery of this barrel-chested guy yelling at her, yeah, it was significant. Yeah, yeah, it was. And, And that's the way she is. I mean, she is not afraid to stand up and push back and... You know, people liked it four years ago, so why don't they like it now? Well, it's. Uh, I think it's some of the things that have happened along the way. It's also perception. Yeah. You know, I mean, some of those emails yeah. that Gregory Pratt has written about, uh, some of the things that have come to light, uh, I think. And, 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 okay, let's talk for a moment. I know I told you 12 minutes. Do you have a couple more minutes? I don't want to take all your time. Yeah, yeah. It's a busy day. I also think, uh, look, I was at an aldermanic forum at the Copernicus Center, and uh, Alderman Gardner said one of the, the ways that we move forward is getting a new mayor. Uh, I think that the, the combativeness that uh, the alder the alder people have have shared uh, is not helpful in her in in her you know tenure as mayor. What do you think? Well, she also doesn't do what they want. You know, <laughs> good point. <laughs> and that's what people liked about her. She doesn't want to give them aldermanic prerogative, and they're getting they're mad about that. And so she pushes back, and she doesn't. She's not always warm and fuzzy, and doesn't do things just to be political. Uh, I mean, I think people want that, but they don't want that. They they have to decide, you know, what they want. I guess. Yeah. I guess that's what happens today. It's it's never boring, is it? Where where are you? Uh, what are your plans for election evening? How do you are you just like watching all the the numbers come in? What's your what's your plan yeah, today? Yeah, I'm watching all the numbers, and uh, Politico will be at Lightfoot Dallas with a plan to jump to um, Brandon Johnson and Garcia. Okay, we're trying to. It's two of us trying to jump all over. So, are you updating everything on Twitter? Should people be following you for all the updates? I'll do some on Twitter. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, Shia Kappas. And uh, and then I, if you go to me the, right now, there's a link to the the results. You'll be able to find a results uh, link for everything for tonight, for the mayor's race, at least. Well, thank you so much for taking time in a busy day. Uh, I look forward to talking to you again, if you're so willing. Um, and, th- yeah, and, and thank you for all the great work. Thank you.
Okay, thank you, Patty. Okay, see you soon. Bye. I'll talk to you soon. That's Shia Kappas from Politico. Follow her on Twitter and follow her work. Uh, Stay up to date on everything that's going on in Illinois government. More in a moment on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. This is WCPT 820, where facts matter. Hi, folks. I'm Kirk Bankstead from the Monaco Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like AOC IPA and Bernie Brew, a lovingly irascible Democratic Socialist lager. A percentage of the proceeds of each can sold goes to keep Wisconsin blue and drive the MAGA cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. Now available at MP's Liquor and Wine in North Aurora, Taste Food and Wine in Rogers Park, as well as Uprising Bakery and Cafe in Lake in the Hills. Tell Karina we sent you. And drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. And with that, I also want to thank all of our sponsors for making these conversations possible. Thank you to our friend Kirk Bankstead from Minocqua Brewing. And uh, go to the Patty Vasquez Show page. You can see uh, right there pinned at the top is a, a list of all the locations in the Chicagoland area where you can pick up some progressive brew and uh, also some choice hard seltzer. And I want to thank Jerry Walski for uh, making sure we're up to date on all of that. We also want to thank our friends at Kids Above All. Go to kidsaboveall.org and find out how you can support their mission to help kids feel supported and uh, healthy and safe and they can reach their potential. Uh, I just learned some uh, interesting information about kids that live in in foster care. Uh, We want to make sure that kids uh, who have endured trauma, have been separated from their parents for whatever reason, from their families, uh, have the ability to go to, to complete school, to go to college and to to live out their dreams and, and to uh, be on that path of, of safety. Uh, we also want to thank our friend Warren Price from European U.S. Car Service. Go to EuropeanUS.com to uh, see all the great work that they do there. If you get into a fender bender, if you're stuck, if your car breaks down, have this number in your car. Be like, oh, wait, you know, after you make sure you're okay, after you, uh, you know, get the information that you need from the other driver, if you're able to, uh, or if you need to call for first responders, also do that. Just make sure you're in a safe place, uh, but have this number ready in the event that you need to call someone to take care of your car, 773-248-1200. So thank you to our sponsors. Whoo, what a day. Uh, what great information from uh, from she on the, uh, all the, everything going on with the uh, mayor's race. I was at a polling place in the 45th Ward uh, and then again at the 19th District for the police council in uh, Boys Town there over at Broadway in Belmont. And uh, it is, uh, it's quite the day. I want to say, I don't know if it's uh, starting to spread, uh, but I think people were a little bit nicer to campaign workers, at least where I was. Folks were just like, no, thank you, rather than I, I did not. This was a, a day where I did not get yelled at by voters. Um, sometimes they yell at me. Uh, I'm not the only one. They yell at a lot of the campaign workers. Uh, they've had it. They come in with their they're all tense and they they're prepared to, to not be bothered by anyone. I will be honest. Uh, I bring music with me. I have a little speaker and I do whoever, whatever candidate I'm helping. I, I maybe dance with their campaign signs. Uh 
I, you know, people driving by partly to remind them that, hey, it, today is Election Day. Get out there and vote. But I, I really, I really enjoy campaigning, uh, I, I, especially when I'm campaigning for people that I'm friends with, that I know. Uh, I know that they are good people. Sometimes, I, you know, I, I will see. I don't know that I'll be able to campaign uh, also or, or get out there for mayoral candidates, depending on who the, the runoff is, is with, because uh, I do want to make sure that if we have candidates on the show, that they feel like they can have a conversation that is not biased against them. And uh, and that's a, that's a tough thing to do when my show is entirely opinion and commentary. So uh, I want to make sure that we are, are being fair to folks. Uh, however, um, and that's why I've, I've gone out of my way to try to make sure that uh, uh, in other races that I'm talking to as many candidates in other areas. But I will be at the 45th Ward uh, Returns uh celebration for my friends tonight and uh, let me know how how do you guys I mean are you guys going to listen and kind of have the TV on and see the returns uh, we are going to be on until 10 o'clock we've got Santita Jackson coming in at 7 o'clock and she's got a great lineup uh, she's going to be talking to folks I know she's talking to Representative Ann Williams uh, coming up during her her segment well, let's see. I'm going to let you know the rundown. She's got it. Oh, State Representative LaShawn Ford. State Representative Ann Williams will be joining her. Uh, Tiffany Walden, who's the co-founder and co-editor-in-chief of the Tribe News Outlet. Uh, coming up on Joan's show, she'll be talking to Max Beaver, the, Bever, the Director of Public Information for the Chicago Board of Elections. Uh, great to know what the, the turnout has been like, what the demographics look like, uh, what the, you know, compared to 2019, I know that they're saying that it is down by thousands hourly. I'm hoping that's because... Folks were voting early, and they had mail-in ballots. So we'll find out more about that. We also she'll also have Greg Heinz on, uh, I believe from uh, Crane's Business. It's coming up uh, during Joan's segment. I'll be talking to Joan during her show as well, and then we'll have uh, former Governor Pat Quinn joining me and Tony Fitzpatrick. Tony's always got a take on what's going on in Chicago politics, so we'll see what he's thinking. And then Santina will be back at eight thirty. Uh, she'll have an out-and-about crew that she'll be checking in with, including a former alderman of the 47th Ward, Amaya Pawar. And then Joan is going to be talking to uh, all of our crew that's out at uh, at, at return parties and uh, talking to folks who uh, are, have been out and about and getting the feel for what's going on in the election. I'll be talking to Scott Stantis at uh, 9.30, the political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune. Uh, by the way, uh, it was it was kind of fun because the night that Lori Lightfoot won back in 2019, I was the only broadcaster that had her on my show late at night, uh, had her on from her celebration party at about 1115 at night. Uh, my friend John O'Malley uh, reached out and he's like, do you want to do you want to talk to the new mayor? And I was like, yeah, I want to talk to the new mayor. And, uh, and I introduced him to Scott Stantis. Scott had drawn a cartoon of uh, the mayor pulling the plug out of the wall, pulling the plug out of the machine. And. And she asked for that. She actually had that on display in her office. So that was a kind of a cool moment there. And uh, so we will uh, be checking in with Scott because uh, Scott will possibly be drawing somebody new. He won't. We won't know for sure who that's going to be, but uh, he might be drawing somebody new for the next four years. So we've got a lot of folks out and about uh, finding out how things are going. People at campaign offices at, uh, you know, we've got uh, folks that are uh, checking in from uh, union offices to let us know what their work has been like today. So excited to find out how things unfolded. Man, I just, I really get so excited on election night. This is exciting, especially my city. I have been working campaigns since I was six years old. <laughs> 
Uh, my dad was a precinct captain, and I used to go out in the cold and knock on doors with him with our clipboards, you know, just uh, getting out to meet neighbors. Uh, I've been working at polling places for years. Uh, I've been uh, phone banking and uh, getting folks riled up and informed about what's going on in our election. So very exciting day. Let's take a break here. When we come back, we're going to talk to Alice Yin from the Chicago Tribune. Give us a call. Let me know what's uh, what's going on uh, in your part of the, of the city or uh, what do you think about what's going on on in Chicago if you don't live uh, live over by here. 773-763-9278. You can also text us to the same number, 773-763-9278. See, I'm so excited that I almost forgot the text number. Oh, I shouldn't do that. And thank you to our sponsors for the text line from Camp Kubagani. More in a moment on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. Light at the end of the tunnel. Light at the end of this tunnel. That light at the end of the tunnel. Your guiding light. That light is going to get brighter and brighter. Through another day. I think it's a great day. The Joan Esposito Show. Live, local, and progressive. Weekday afternoons at 2 on WCPT 820. Listening to Driving It Home with Patty Basket on WCPT 820. We are uh, less than 55 minutes away from the polls closing in Chicago. Uh, If you are heading to the polling place in your community, get there. As long as you're there by 7 o'clock, they will let you vote. They will have – I'll never forget this. I I had never watched uh, the folks at the polling places. A judge of election comes out at 7 o'clock. It's a few minutes before 7 o'clock. And uh, when it turns, when the clock turns to seven, they stand behind the person that was there at seven o'clock and they just tell anybody else that tries to get into line that the uh, the, the voting has closed, that uh, the people in front of her will be able to vote or them will be able to vote. Uh, they, will, they will not take anyone else in line. So get there, get in line by seven o'clock and you'll be able to vote. That's 54 minutes. Oh, I'm like a kid on Christmas Eve. I'm excited to see how this turns out. Uh, part of me is a little bit, uh, I'm, you know, hey, look. Again, this is an opinion show. I have my thoughts on who I would like to have as our mayor. Um, So I'm a little bit nervous. Uh, However, I'm excited because people are turning out. They're going to their polling places. They're participating in democracy. They're saying, this is what I this is how I want my community to be to be led. This is what is, is important to me. Uh, whether it's the whether it's education and you think that one candidate is going to be stronger on that or public safety or investing in communities. Obviously, we want someone who is going to have a steady hand in all of that. But we also know that some people are just stronger at certain things. And uh, maybe there's one thing that compels you in one direction or the other um, for a certain candidate. And the thing is, uh, I was talking to somebody at a polling place today. They said, you know, uh, they they were very cynical. They they did they were uh, they had been hired to campaign for a certain candidate, so they were they were very cynical about the entire process and and uh, anyone that was running. And they basically were like, you know, what difference does it make? Uh, you know, they give us all these promises and none of it ever comes true. And they you know they they, they end up bending towards the powers and money and. Uh, and we're left behind and things like that. And and I think that does create a lot of cynicism uh, when we feel that way. And and I, I urge you, and I mentioned this yesterday at the end of the show, 
Um, and I do think it was Hal Sparks that mentioned that voting is like is like tending to your garden. You go and you take a look around and you you see how things are going. You know, maybe you're a hands off kind of gardener and, and you, you like certain flowers that don't need a lot of attention. And that's fine. But is it getting overgrown? Do you have weeds? Does it need some water? And uh, and it needs to be cultivated. Otherwise, your garden is going to die. It's, it, there's not going to be anything there. Participate. And, and it's not just showing up to vote. So when it comes to people, to those who have been elected that are not uh, following through on their promises, then the next part of that is also important, right? Yes, you go out and you water the garden. You know, you maybe you pick out some weeds. Now I have to do the, a little more work, which means sending emails, saying, hey, you know, I'm concerned about uh, issues that are important to me that you don't seem to to be leading the way I had hoped you would. It means showing up. Maybe it means going into their office. Maybe it's ward night. Uh, there are neighborhood meetings in every community. At least there should be. If you live in an area where your older people are not having public safety meetings or meetings, and they, they should be, they, they do have meetings on possible buildings. You know, if developers want to come in and, and put in new uh, establishments or high rises or residents, you know, they, there should there has to be a public meeting. Participate in that. And uh, more and more, these functions are available online. You can watch the live stream. Find out how I, I know no one. I know it's a hard, a lot of it, it looks a little boring. Um, but and I and I am a dork. I do like watching these things. My husband laughs at me because I'll watch the General Assembly. In Springfield, you can go to ILGA.gov. You can watch a live stream of what's happening on the floor of our General Assembly when they debate bills and decide how our budget's going to be spent. You can watch a lot of that. You can watch City Hall. See how your leaders are speaking for you. Are they are, are we holding them accountable? And yes, the elections are how we ultimately hold them accountable, but they're there for four years. Don't you want to have an impact? Because I'm telling you. Uh, sharing your story, ha- making sure that they know who you are and what is important to you. And look, there are a lot of people who get into the faces of electeds and they yell. I- I'm going to have to urge you that when you do go talk to them, you know, try to talk to them the way you would want someone to pl- to plead their case to you. If you have something that someone needs, how would you want them to talk to you? Do you want them to be in your face and yelling at you and accusing you? And I get it. Look, there are some electeds that uh, it gets to the point where you're like, I don't know how else to talk to this person. Um, but, f- and hey, I've tried with my, I, <laughs> tr- and, and I'm telling you as somebody who has not been successful in uh, in, in getting the, my point across and, and hoping to have a positive impact on the direction of our community, uh, I still show up until I, until the end. I, I, up until I saw a video of my alderman yelling at a grandmother and, and do not play these games with us. Don't try to gaslight us and say it's doctored video. <laughs> Um, but I tried. I gave it the old college try for over three and a half years. Uh, but you have to keep trying. I know it's frustrating. I know it can um, you, you can feel as though it doesn't make any difference. Uh, but that's how we lose our ground. That's how people who will you know come in and, and do the kinds of things that we see in other places, whether it's banning books or determining uh, how our, our kids learn and, and you know whether it's indoctrination of and these groups like Awake Illinois and Moms for Liberty who say that they don't want their kids indoctrinated with non-Christian values. Well, they're going to public school. 
It's where they're not going to learn about creationism. They're going to learn that dinosaurs existed. That's going to happen. If you don't like that, when they come home from school at the end of the day, talk to your kid about how what they learned, and then say, you know, also we are Christians, and this is what we believe. That's fine, but they're not going to learn that in school. And they should. And again, private school. If you want to remove your kids from the community and put them in a private school in a in a Christian school, I went. I did both. I went to Our Savior Lutheran Norwood Park, and it was a, it was a solid education for the most part. I will tell you that being paddled, the fact that my parents signed a document that said my teachers could hit me, that was unfortunate. My mom said she didn't know that. I, I didn't see that. I had a teacher in uh, sixth uh, in fifth and sixth grade. He had two paddles, Big Ben and Little Mo. That was my Christian education was that my teacher could hit me. That's is that is that what you guys are going for? I know that some people think that that's what you need. Um, teaching through shame. Mrs. Jordan would teach us through shame. And I'm not saying that there are teachers in the public school who do these things. I'm just saying that I, I liked my three years of Lutheran school education. I'm glad that I have it and I have that perspective. I can share that with you. Uh, I, I was very good at memorizing the catechism. And all the things that I, I had to memorize, uh, you know, that was that was nice. Uh, you know, I I will tell you when I went to Lane Tech, they made me start from like I didn't get to go to I never had biology because my science education was not strong enough. I had to, I had to study rocks for a year. I've never because I went to anyway. Um, I was terrible at math, very good at reading, and maybe that's because of the. Other stuff. I'm just. I'm just saying. My education uh, in public school uh, exceeded that which went, that I received in a parochial school. But fine, if you want to take your kids and put them in Christian schools. But we do not. I, I don't believe that we should have to pay for vouchers for Christian education. It's separation of church and state for a reason. Uh, so if you don't like the the, the curriculum that your te- that your child is, is learning, don't go and bully people at a at a school board a school board meeting. Plead your case, but also be like don't don't start with going to the school board meeting. Start with your child's backpack. Start with a, a conversation with your child about what they're learning. Start with talking to the teacher. So like, what's the plan for the year? Or you know, I have a concern about this book, or I have a concern about this uh, plan of uh, you know, I did that sex ed. I got a letter home from Griffin's fourth grade teacher saying, oh, hey, by the way, we decided to teach this. Uh, I decided to have an ex- a conversation with kids about about sex and puberty and 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 rape. She said that she it, it wasn't a good explanation. And so I spoke to the principal and the assistant principal. I said, I, I have concerns. with Like, that's how you address those things. It's not a blanket statement of like what other families kids are able to read. That's not up to you. That's that's your participation. Show up with your child's education, not everyone else's. Anyway, coming back to like be be involved. Let's take a break here. 773-763-9278. That number again, 773-763-9278. Got a couple callers on hold. And uh, you can also text us to join the conversation. More on Heartland Signal in a moment. Chicago's Progressive Talk. WCPT 820, where facts matter. Vasquez is taking your calls now. 
at 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. I am taking your phone calls and your texts. Uh, first, I want to say that uh, Matt Cummings, uh, our station, our operations manager, just did something very cruel to me, Lady B. She, he popped the door open with a pizza box. That I cannot have a piece of right now. I have to now wait 12 minutes to have a piece of that. And now and the whole studio now smells like pizza. Thank you. Thank you very much, Matt Cummings. Thank you. I want to find out what he ordered from, from where. I, I, I'm going to guess it's not my favorite. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, although I did ask for anchovies, so I'm guessing that's not. So I, I, I take it down natural my excitement. Yeah, I love anchovies, Lady B. I, I, I know I'm like one of the, the five people in the city of Chicago that likes every single pizza joint keeps a can of anchovies in their kitchen because I might call and order a pizza. That's it. It was it used to be just me and my dad and a couple other people. But uh, yeah, thank you. And thank you to all the Chicagoland locations that keep anchovies in their kitchens for me and the four other people um, that enjoy that. Let's get to uh, Jim, who's on the line. Hey, Jim, what's on your mind tonight, my friend? Hi, Patty. No matter who comes out of this tumultuous election, I hope they scream for Medicare for all. Chicago is the number one labor city in the history of the world. We died and still milled, you know, going against against the... We got a labor history here that's great. We yes. got to go for Medicare for all. We have to have yes. Medicare for all. It has to start in Chicago, and the mayor has to mention it every week, once a week, or I'm not vote for any of them. That's all I care about is Medicare for all. And then this would be an ideal thing to have a community center in every community where you've got a general practitioner, uh, at least minimal employment, minimal wage employment, and health in mental health care where they can walk in off the street and have a, have a familiar place to do it. Not hidden around the city, but Medicare for all. You think of Tommy Douglas in Canada. He did it in 1966 in Saskatchewan. He said, we want Medicare for all. They said, ah, you're not. It ain't going to happen. In fact, they knew a Canadian doctor who was a friend of the family, and he was explaining to me that he was all, you know, I don't know what to do. I'm a farmer doctor. And I, you know what I mean? I don't know, you know, know it's going to affect me. But they all fell in the line, you know, and they love it. And yeah. we have to have Medicare for all as soon as we can. We're supposed to be such a, a democratic city. Well, let's get on with it. That's yeah. all I have to say, Patty. All right. No matter who wins this election, thank you. Yeah, I'm with you, Jim. Uh, that's the hill I, I'm willing to die on as well, is Medicare for uh, is, is health care for everyone. Um, that was something that I ran on. And I know, you know, look, at the state level, uh, there are people that are battling it out, trying to find ways to expand health care. We just found out today, I don't know if you heard on the news, that there are people in the state of Illinois that are on the verge of losing Medicaid because of the federal funding that was supporting people through covid and now there are uh, possibly, you know, there are, are other plans. So if that's something that you have been relying on, please make sure that you know uh, where your co- how your coverage stands. Prior to the pandemic, you had to renew your health care monthly and uh, make sure that you were up to date. They suspended that during the pandemic. They will uh, stop that. And, and some people are vulnerable to losing their health care. So please, uh, if someone you know uh, receives uh, federally funded uh, health care or state funded health care, make sure that they know where they stand. I uh, want to take a couple of texts before we get back to the calls. Um, Beth in Michigan wants to know how long has Chicago elected? How long has the mayoral election uh, been non 
political or nonpartisan. I can't read from here. I should bring my reading glasses. Let's see. Um, has that, if that changed uh, previously, uh, what's the what's behind that change? I don't know that I remember whether or not mayoral candidates declared a party previously. Uh, we seem to uh, assume that they're all going to be Democrats, but now, yes, uh, there may be, like I said, uh, candidates that have in the past said that they are not going to be registered Democrats anymore, that they, they were going to vote Republican, and, and now they say that they aren't. And uh, even though we play the video of that, it doesn't hold any water. But uh, there it is. I, I, I really, you know what, that's a good question. And maybe during the next break, I will take a look. I'll do a little bit of research on that and uh, perhaps find out. Maybe Steve from the Gold Coast knows. Maybe because, oh, Steve often knows a lot of these things. Hey, Steve, how are you doing? Fine, thank you. And I'm going to make a couple of points. Uh, one, you know, no matter what the result is, uh, for, for anybody who hasn't been paying attention, here's an election result for you. Uh, one of the two people running in the runoff will be Paul Dallas. Uh, that may be a revelation to some people, but uh, it's <laughs> yeah. probably not to most. So now the only question is, uh, who's going to take that second spot? And because the polls all seem to be fairly close with regard to Chewy, Lori, Brandon, and so forth, um, this means that the only person tomorrow that will be able to wake up and have you know definitive backing in terms of financial support and be able to run on also be able to garner support in terms of endorsements will be Paul Dallas. You know, nobody is going to give you money yet until you are that second candidate. Um, and we might not know that for a while because of the system, the way it's, it's structured. And keep in mind that we have a record number of people who did mail-in voting this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, they can't count those until today <laughs> when the polls right. close. So, so that means that it may take a long time to keep, and also sort of can, uh, sort of chew, chew gum and walk at the same time. We are in a deficit, not just in Chicago, in Cook County, but all across the country in terms of people willing to do these jobs, to be election workers and so forth, because those people have taken so much hell over the last few years. A lot of people just don't see it as worth the headache. And a lot of them are older people who stopped doing the job during COVID and haven't come back and can't blame them. I wouldn't want to be around a thousand people if I was in a high age, high risk group. So there are all sorts of reasons that, you know, we have a, a system that needs to be looked at beyond just who went this time around. Uh, things like rank, rank choice voting need to be discussed. Uh, as, as I pointed out before, why in God's name we do this in February, um, you know, in, in, a, in a city that's this, this far north. Uh, I mean, you know, this this Friday we could have the equivalent of a blizzard. Now imagine that that was just a few days <laughs> earlier. I mean, you know, could you imagine? So, yeah, there's a lot of things, like I said, that we need to discuss about uh, the process. Uh, But, again, four years will go by. We'll kind of talk about it here and there, and then we'll just go back to, okay, the horse race the next time around without actually talking about some of these other things that are important as well. Yeah. I think that and I, that, that was something else I, that struck me. One of the folks that was campaigning for a mayoral candidate outside of a polling place said, uh, you know, they're they're pumped up about it now. We're all following it real closely. And then we're just going to spend the next four years hating whoever's in the office. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, let's face it. If you've been in Chicago for more than a few years, you know that, you know, everybody hates every mayor. You know, I mean, I remember I've been here since the, since the young mayor daily. Uh, right out of college, moved downtown uh, in terms of actually being in the city proper. And, I mean, you know, people hated uh, Richie Daly, and they hated Rom, and they, they hated Lori Lightfoot. You know, I, I can't think of a mayor that was beloved in Chicago. We all, either we're sort of agnostic about them or we hate them, but very few of them are loved. So, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, typical Chicago politics. Yeah. I mean, you know, Harold Washington obviously had a very tumultuous, you know, 
tenure as well. But I think that it was exciting for some folks. Uh, although, you know, it's funny. You know what I've been thinking about lately? Do you remember that Art Institute? Uh, an artist had made had, had portrayed him in uh, underwear in women's underwear. I don't, oh, yeah. I don't know why that jumped out at me. And it was a big conversation about freedom of speech at the time and about whether or not that was appropriate or could you depict somebody like that. It was for some reason that popped in my head. There was a lot that was going on back then. But that was something. Yeah. And I, and I should say that, that possibly if, if there was somebody who was loved more than anybody else, then I would say Harold Washington as far as in my lifetime, because there were he represented a real step forward as far as progressive politics, not just a Democrat winning, but someone who was a real progressive, and he managed to forge a coalition of diverse uh, people in the city. So, uh, yeah, I, th- there were people that actually loved him. And like I say, I can't say the, that about uh, any of the subsequent mayors. They may have been tolerated or liked to have been politically expedient. But did anybody really say, oh, my God, I just love Rahm Emanuel or I love Richie Daly? I mean, no, I don't think so. You know, a a friend of mine who worked in D.C., who actually now works for President Biden, once told me, because he was familiar and had worked with Rahm Emanuel, he said, uh, if I saw him walking down the street, I would cross the street to avoid talking to him. But he's the guy I want running the city. And I thought that was really interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, knew, I, I knew Rahm Emanuel when I was in D.C., not to say that he would invite me to dinner or anything, but on a first-name basis. And, you know, Rahm's the, the sort of antithesis of Lori Lightfoot in that he, he, was, he was a foul-mouthed, really rude person uh, behind closed doors. Um, but in public, you know, he would be more of a charming guy. He tried to get people to work with him. Uh, but no, he's not the kind of guy you say, hey, we're having a party Saturday night. Let's invite somebody really fun. No, Rom's not at the top of that list unless you want to have people who are in a fist bite in your, at your cocktail party. But, you know, so, yeah, I agree. You know, Ron Emanuel is, is a chameleon in that sense. And I would 100 uh, percent tell folks, whatever you do, never call Rahm Emanuel at about 10 till 2 in the morning. It's uh, inadvisable. <laughs> well, there's got to be a story behind that, but okay. Oh, you can Google it. You can, I think the Rob Feeder article is still out there. I used to have a segment because uh, my show was on from 10 p.m. till, I mean, I'm sorry, 11 till 2 a.m. And uh, I, I thought of this. We were trying to find fun things to do in the middle of the night. You know, it was like you kind of want to rock the boat. You're, you know, you get that feeling at some point that you're going to be stuck there forever. And, and we were doing the stair climb with Marcus Lashock from WGN-TV Morning News. And he was like, oh, you know, I catch the, uh, the end of your show when I wake up. And I was like, oh, we should call you and be your wake-up call. So we started doing this thing called a pretty late wake-up call. And we would call local broadcasters and tell, you know, TV personalities like Tracy, uh, Tracy Butler from, uh, you know, the, the uh, Channel 7, you know, weather forecaster. We called uh, Lourdes Duarte and Ana Belaval and a bunch of people. Sometimes we would get them. Sometimes their voicemail. But I saw an interview with um, Representative Sandak. Uh, he's a Repu- he was a Republican. And then Senator Daniel Biss. They were on Comedy Central's uh, The Daily Show. And we were in the budget impasse. And uh, the the interviewer said, you know, they were kind of making fun of our situation from both sides of it or whatever. And, they, and there were all kinds of services that were being cut off from people. Uh, people were struggling and suffering. And the interviewer asked Sandak, how do you sleep at night? And he was like, I sleep like a baby. And Biss said, I'm up all night worrying about this. And I'm like, yes, our legislators should be up all night worrying about this and working on it. And we're freaking out about it. So I started calling legislators. By for After about four months, I'd called about 30 different legislators and uh, state treasurer Frerichs. And the deal was everyone gave me the number of the next 
next person they wanted to call. Then one night, it was a particularly violent week in Chicago, and someone said, you should call Mayor Emanuel. I have his number. Yeah, I uh, I was, uh, yeah, that's, so that happened, and he was not pleased, and I very nearly, that wow. was a, yes. That was, it's almost amazing that you don't work at that station anymore. <laughs> Well, that was uh, that was my well, that was where I got the attention of the station. I was I was. Uh, well, it's funny. Like, I here's the thing. Lady B, if I said call Mayor Emanuel attended to, would you make that phone call? You would. I love you. <laughs> 10, to, 10 to 2 in the afternoon or in the morning? In the morning. It was 10 to 2 in the morning. Wow, that's Jesse. I'll give it to you. But I will tell you this. In July of that year, I talked to uh, my operations, uh, the director, Stephanie. I said, me and my producer, Craig, sat in her office. I said, you know, we do this thing in the middle of the night. Are you sure it's okay that we do this? She said, oh, my God, we love it. We want to get you more numbers. And I said, great. I want Governor Rauner. I want Speaker Madigan. I want President Cullerton. And I want Mayor Emanuel. And never did she say, if you get those numbers, don't call them. So wow, that, that's like WKRP in Cincinnati kind of movie. It was you know. it was the middle of the night. It, it was a, it was a blast. And like I said, never no one ever said don't do that. And it was so funny because when I got when I did get suspended, they were like you're going to be investigated by the FCC. I was like okay, they've got about six months of evidence of me doing this in the middle of the night. Go for it. Well, wait, okay, wait. But okay, so Ron <laughs> answered the phone. Yes. Oh, Believe okay. me, and, and Steve, 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 what did he say? OK, Steve, Steve, no one was more surprised than me. I thought for sure the number I had been given would go to his voicemail. Believe me, I and the, no, 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 because here's the thing. When he answered the phone, it did. He sounded like this. And, and it's apparently the recording is somewhere. There are people who have it. But he sounded like this. Honestly, he goes. Uh-huh. And we didn't think it was him. So we thought we had we were like, that wasn't him. And then my producer uh, at the time, Craig, put it on. On a loop, and now he was priming the pump. We had Senator Gutowski, Scott Stantis was in the studio. We had uh, Reverend Livingston and a woman from Chopin Coffee. We weren't drinking, by the way. We were having coffee. We were amped on caffeine. So my producer starts playing on a loop, and uh, and everyone's like, "Call him again! Call again! Let's see if it's him." Uh, Steve, I'm gonna tell you right now, it was him, and he was awake for that second call. He was like, "Hello," and everyone pushed away from their microphones. I wish I had kept the video of it because we used to have a live stream. WGN uh, scrubbed the whole thing, um, but everyone pushed away, so it was just me and my mic. And I also want to tell you, Esmeralda Leon was in the traffic booth. She's like, "Don't do not call him. Do not use that number." Like she, like she was, she was the only person in the room who was like, "Don't do it." So we called back. He answers the phone. He's like, "Hello," I'm like, "Hi, this is Patty Vasquez from WGN Radio." You're on the air. He goes, why are you calling me right now? And I, go, I didn't know what else to say. I'm like, because this is when my show is on. <laughs> I mean, I, it was a, that's why. And so he goes, uh, he goes, I'm going to hang up now. And he hung up. And when, I, and when we were done, but when he hung up, I go, look. I get that this seems like fun and games, but we are talking about a very blood, bloody week, and we are awake worrying about these things, and we want to know how you sleep it. Like, so I, I tried to like fix it, but yeah, I mean, I had no reason to believe that it wasn't something that not only the station had given me permission to do, they had encouraged me to do. Yeah, and in your defense, you know, I mean, uh, look, public officials are public officials. If you yeah. run for office, especially mayor of the third largest city in America— You've got these kinds of things happening. 
Yeah, you know, you're you're kind of you're not out of bounds. You know, the average person, you know, the mailman, he's out of bounds at two in the morning, but you're not. You know, so you're going to have to just live with that being part of the office. And that was the argument from uh, at the time, Representative Sarah Feigen. A lot of people came to my defense because they were like, "We didn't complain about this. She did the same thing to us." And there were times when my producer, like, I know that one time we accidentally called a landline, right? And I don't know how we got the landline number, and so the wife answered. She wasn't pleased. I mean, like, again. Uh, was it juvenile? Sure. That was the, we were overnight radio. It was all like, it, there was so many silly things that we'd, I had a game called what's in the box where people would guess if something was an appliance or an adult toy. I did silly things in the middle of the night. I was slap happy sometimes, but for six months I did no, the exact same like, bit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you were, you were like Dave Letterman before you went prime time. You know, I'm, I'm sure saying. I, exactly. <laughs> I will take that comparison, and I appreciate it. Yeah, so I, uh, I look, I wish, I had, do I wish I hadn't done it? I don't know. I don't know. I, it's it's certainly something I have for the rest. And his team, I knew someone in his office. She tried to convince him to come and just hijack my show, bring in a, a box of donuts and a pot of coffee and be like, all right, what do you want? I'm here. Uh, let's talk. Right. But he, yeah, he from the standpoint, from yeah. the PR standpoint, that's the best thing that he could have done. He laughed it off, thought it was funny. And but now instead you expose the other Rob that I'm talking about, the one that's yes. behind closed doors because you got him in the middle of the night. And all of a sudden, no, that was not the fun Rob. Yes, he wanted me fired. And uh, believe me, the station considered it. So that's fine. That's it's their toy. If they didn't like the way it was done. <laughs> it, I mean, if they didn't that's want it done that way. Though. But but if they didn't again, the time to put the kibosh on the bit was in July. I mean, it was, I was only getting more powerful and, and I was having more fun with it. I mean, like, oh, okay, yeah. they like it. Cool. And, and anybody and anyone who listens to talk radio, uh, talk radio during the day and night is a difference between day Correct. and night. What happens yes. at really late night is crazy on talk radio and has, yeah. been, has always been the case. Yeah. It's the nature of the audience. So. Yep. Just a little context there, yeah. Yep. And I, I enjoyed it, but I'm much happier to be here. Thank you, Steve. I really am. Seriously, thank you so much. Have a great night, Steve. Let's take a break here. Uh, take your calls and text 773-763-9278. You haven't told that story in a while. Uh-huh. More in a moment on the Heartland Signal. Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive on WCPT Willow Springs, is powered by ComEd. See how ComEd is preparing for a clean energy future at comed.com slash clean energy. Because facts matter. You are listening to WCPT 820. Hi, folks. I'm Kirk Bankstead from the Monaco Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit and lime-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of each can sold goes to reproductive rights groups in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Provisions Uptown Chicago and R&J Wine and Spirits in Glenview, as well as Eastside Cafe, Coffee and Wine Bar in East Dundee, where Kate is serving up smiles and drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Oh, man. That is good. Lady B, get you, get some pizza. Can you, do you have time? Do you got some? They bring you, okay, good. That was, that's really good. I don't, there's some, that's spicy peppers. Those are not green peppers. Those are spicy peppers. I like that. 
That's a good. That's tasty. Uh, oh, I'm so excited, you guys! It's election night. Santita Jackson's in the in the station. She has walked in. You guys. I mean, when she walks into a room, come on. There's so much. She just. There's. She has such an energy about her. I just like my whole body just goes. Oh, Santita's here. She'll be taking over uh, at 7 o'clock after our 7 o'clock news as we uh, start checking in on the results as they come in. Uh, I know, I, I having run for office, I know a little bit about how this evening goes down. My situation was a little bit different. Our situation in 2020, uh, March 17th of 2020, uh, just as the world was starting to shut down, you know, there were lockdowns in other parts of the country. Chicago was, remember, we were just doing like, uh, trying to have parties of more than 10 people stay socially distanced. Uh, we had the election on, or it was a primary actually, on March 17th. And within days, everything shut down. And so we did not want to gather. We did not want to have uh, folks exposed to COVID. Uh, in, in hindsight, too, there were campaign workers uh, from other campaigns and people who were working polling places who did um, contract COVID. So uh, I'm glad that we played it safe. A lot of candidates did that night. So what happens is the uh, the polls close, and every polling place, uh, the judges of election, judges of elections start to print out the results of their polling place. Uh, they start they send that to the to the board of elections, and what they also do at our when I was a judge of elections, they also tape all of the results for that polling place on the wall, so poll watchers can come and they can take pictures of the results for that particular polling place. So as I was leaving uh, the Jefferson, it was the uh, the the 16th District Police Station in Jefferson Park, where we had one of our super sites in the community. As I was leaving, I was getting texts from people who were getting numbers uh, in real time about how I did at different precincts. So we were getting a little bit of a, you know, you know, uh, Dupleshin's got 33, the um, points got 42, Vasquez has 40, whatever it was. And we were starting to get those numbers before they were official with the Board of Elections. And then we got to my uh, poll, to my my uh, campaign office. Oh, man, I loved my campaign office. I loved my team. I loved everyone that I worked with. It was so much fun. And uh, so we're all standing around, and it was, uh, and we've talked about my good friend, uh, Tom Carmick, who um, passed away in October. And I've been thinking about him a lot, obviously, in the last few weeks. Uh, my campaign manager, uh, he was he was the brains behind the entire campaign, uh, Abby Abby Roush was my uh, campaign manager, my b- b- person who went with me to all the events, and they both helped organize and strategize the entire campaign. And uh, Sarah Sanchez, who was my volunteer coordinator, Nick Hack, my field director, uh, Abdon Palish, my good friend. A couple friends came in. Abdon Palish was there, uh, who is now my coworker. Uh, Jerry was there, of course. Uh, we had a few other people that were in the campaign office, and it was so exciting. Like they they were getting the first precincts in, and and it was the precincts from the thirty eighth uh, ward, and so it was like a small sliver of the entire of the entire nineteenth district house race. And oh man, they were so jacked. I won the first precinct. And on the radio, we could hear it on the radio on our way to the campaign office. I was up by four points, Lady B. I was ahead. The challenger to an incumbent in a three-way race. I didn't raise anywhere near the amount of money these folks had spent, right? They'd spent over $750,000. We're walking to the campaign office. I was, so, I was ahead by 4%. Um, and so we were all there, the, you know, they, and they had the map. Like, they were putting, like, tape on what, where they were getting the results and stuff. And so the first, so like, the first three, uh, I was ahead. And then, uh, and they're like, and, you know, and then they were like, oh, we, you know, we lost this by, you know, five points somewhere else and stuff. And then, uh, and then they 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 stopped telling me. <laughs> they stopped telling me the results. 
<laughs> and I was like, it's not, it's not going well, is it? It's not. Okay. Um, I ended up losing the race about, by about four points, um, which was, I, I have to tell you, uh, looking at some of these races and how they're run and um, what we put into it, uh, I it was some of the greatest days of my life were campaigning, talking to neighbors, uh, walking the, the, you know, up and down the blocks with Jerry. Snow. We were in the 38th Ward. There was a heavy snowfall one night and I was like, we're going to lose each other out here. You know, you have to make sure your batteries are charged on your phone. You've got to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Uh, make sure you don't go into people's homes because they will not let you leave again. <laughs> you don't want to spend 40 minutes in someone's living room because uh, the clock is ticking on a campaign. But that night, I, I am so grateful uh, for the people that I worked with. And that, so that was what my uh, – and then we didn't know because there were so many outstanding ballots, mail-in ballots and things like that. So we you know, we weren't ready to concede uh, yet. I was down – when we left the campaign office, I was down by about 150 votes, which is for a, a state house race was not too bad. I was feeling good about it. And they wanted me to do a, a video, but they weren't sure I should do it Facebook Live because I, I maybe was starting to have a cocktail or two <laughs> had maybe a little gin and soda gin and tonic and uh they were like oh, what's up? let's let's go ahead and record this one just in case so uh we made a video about how 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 proud i was of the people i worked with how grateful i was for everyone in the community and their support and uh and why reminding people why i had run uh for office and um and then we left and we went to uh, my friend uh, Rolando and Rob's house. I remember sitting on their front steps. And they were they were disappointed. They were they were so supportive, but they were getting the numbers too. There were more numbers coming in and they didn't want to, then, and I was like, "Okay, stop telling me." <laughs> <laughs> and and within a within 24 hours the the gap had widened and it did not seem uh as though we were going to ever catch up even with mail in ballots and uh and I made the phone call the next day the next day I called and left a message with uh now representative Lindsay LaPointe um I had that recorded somewhere because I knew someday they were going to say that I never called. I have the timestamp. I have found that. Yeah, they said I never called, and she's never called either uh, to say, hey, that was a great race. Uh, oh, Joe Duplishin called me. <laughs> it was very sweet. I should not go into details about uh, Joe's conversation because I haven't asked his permission to. Uh, I'm going to write about it, and I'll, I'll run it by him. But he was. Uh, he and I have become friends. And, uh, and so every election ends differently, obviously. But that's how my evening unfolded on March 17th of uh, 2020. Everyone is uh, right now, you know, they're they're out there in front of those polling places. They're talking to those last last people in line Um, they're they're, You know, as soon as they close, uh, you know, I told this story last night. It's just one of my favorite memories is my husband giving me that glorious, wonderful hug uh, when it was all over. And so I hope that the candidates out there, you know, whatever happens next, you have uh, you have stepped it, uh, into the arena. You have said, this is what I envision for my community, for my city. Uh, not a lot of people take this on. I, I know you're not listening right now. So if you know a candidate, uh, tell them thank you and congratulations for running a race, for doing what you believe, for uh, putting it all on the line, because uh, there's so many hard 
moments in a campaign. There's so many wonderful moments in a campaign. And I hope that, that you remember the wonderful moments like I do. And believe me, the, the bad moments, uh, <laughs> uh, Lindsay LaPointe will tell you that I definitely uh, remember those and uh, will continue to call attention to uh, how we run a campaign and, and, uh, and the manner in which we present ourselves in one way. The, the you know, I get that some people go back on their, their campaign promises, but when you put out there things that are uh, um, unconscionable, you should you should be prepared to stand behind them and uh, and be able to take the heat for them, too. Uh, and so for whatever way you ran your race, uh, tell them uh, thank you for doing it. Uh, thank you for uh, wanting to do more for the community in in ways that a lot of people don't even know where to begin. And if you ever want to run for office, maybe I'm making it sound overwhelming. I, I'm telling you, it's uh, it is an incredible journey. You learn so much about yourself, about your neighbors, about your family, about what it means to be a leader, what it means to uh, want to learn about all the the nuances of policy. Uh, you know, because and even you're educating folks, you're educating and you're learning at the same time. I remember I, I can't tell you how many doors I knocked on where people would tell me, well, I need my garbage can replaced. And I'm like, all right, let me let me give your alderman a call. Uh, what can what can I do? What are the things that, that you're worried about the most? What do you think about the most? And that's what your leaders should be taking to mind. And, I've, and I'm going to go back to this again then. Your leaders, your electeds should know your story. What is important to you? Why do you go into that voting place? What do you what do you expect? And then follow up on that and remind them because the aldermen in your area, they're going to see you at the grocery store. They should know your story. Hey, how's your how's your son doing? Hey, how's that how's that uh, project you're working on? Uh, you know, how about that small business that you're interested in opening? How's that coming along? What can I do to help? They should know your story. That's what they are there for. Let's take a break here. We'll we'll wrap up as we turn over to our uh, real time election coverage. I'll tell you what's coming up for the rest of the schedule till ten o'clock. Thanks, everybody. The David Pacman Show. Is there nothing they won't defend if it has an R next to its name and if the left doesn't like it? We saw they went for Trump. Now, even with George Santos, they're finding a way to defend him. Hopefully in the future, people will learn about this era and they will say, wow, what a stupid era. Really the golden age of ignorance there. The David Pacman Show. Weekday evenings at 10 on WCPT 820. Chicago's progressive talk. WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk, where facts matter. Welcome back to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez. Brought to you by Fazio Insurance, an independent insurance agency serving residents and businesses in Will and DuPage counties since 1953. Woo. All right. That's a, that's a very, that was a fancy new button. That's Dan Levy uh, making some great uh, audio for tonight's election returns. Uh, one texter says uh, voter turnout is so low. What can we do to change that? And I'm sure we'll be talking about that in the uh, days to come. The uh, I know Mary Ann Aaron was reporting that uh, the voter turnout is lower by the hour by in thousands, like six to eight thousand per hour lower than it was in 2019. Uh, you guys, there was something I wanted to come back to. Someone was asking uh, our friend in Michigan was asking why um, the elections in Chicago are nonpartisan. And I had the answer to that. And it's interesting because I had meant to ask 
uh, Heather Sharon to join us. And maybe we'll, we'll reach out to her because uh, I know that she's obviously got a lot of work to do during the, um, you know, the returns today. But uh, Chicago has held nonpartisan elections for mayor since 1999. So that's first part of that. If no candidate gets 50 plus one vote, the top two head to a runoff a month later, regardless of their political aff- affiliation. So why the change? We take you to the racially charged 1983 election for mayor. Attempting to become the city's first black mayor was Democrat Harold Washington. His opponent, Republican Bernie Epton, used his famous, infamous slogan, before it's too late. (gasps) I forgot about that. Yikes. Okay. So Washington won that election, but just barely with less than 50, with less than 52% of the vote. By comparison, four years earlier, Democrat Jane Byrne received a whopping 82% over her Republican opponent. This I love history, you guys. Uh, in the primary, Washington went toe to toe with Byrne and state's attorney Richard M. Daley, who split the white vote, granting Washington a narrow victory and his spot as a Democratic nominee. The current runoff system would have pit Washington versus Byrne. Instead, he faced the relatively unknown and Republican, but white, Epton, and just barely clinched a win. So obviously Washington didn't win. So white Chicago political leaders took a page from southern states using runoffs to try and keep black candidates from winning. I want to throw something. What? In 1995, with the support of then Richard M. Daley and a Republican-controlled state government, the current nonpartisan system was put in place. Well, why haven't we fixed this? Okay, that's going to keep having that conversation. So, thank you for asking that question, because now I got I got bones to pick all over the city. I just want. I would like to. I would think that we need to fix that. And back to somebody else who called earlier and said that we need to get the election out of February. So there's a lot of things that, uh, okay, I, didn't, I did not know that. All right. So we are going to uh, turn this over in just a moment to Santita Jackson, who's going to take over the station. Uh, we've got a great lineup of guests and conversations coming your way as we report the uh, returns throughout the evening. Uh, Santita will be talking to Representative LaShawn Ford and uh, Representative Ann Williams, as well as Tiffany Walden, co-founder and editor-in-chief of the Tribe News Outlet. Um, Max Bever will be joining Jonas Bezito from the Chicago Board of Elections. He's the director of public information. And Greg Hines will be joining her as well. I'll be having Pat Quinn, former Governor Pat Quinn, is going to join me. And Tony Fitzpatrick will be on the air with us as well. Uh, Tony's always got a great take on what's going on in, in city politics. And uh, we'll also talk to Scott Stantis on uh, my show. Jones will be talking to folks on location at different candidates' offices and uh, polling places. Wherever the information's coming in, uh, we're going to be on top of it. We'll be here until 10 o'clock. Uh, I don't, am I, is, is Matt, I, I don't know if I'm leaving the station or not. Am I going to the, the campaign returns? Uh, I, we'll find out in a moment if I get to leave. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go grab some, I mean, the P, I'll bring you some food back too, Lady Lady B's like, where are you going? I'm going to go over by there. You know me. I got to go over by there. So that's, uh, that's our, our uh, plans for this evening. Uh, you guys, um, it is an exciting thing to watch what the this, the residents of Chicago uh, want from their leaders uh, that they show up. I know that the numbers are lower than we might have wanted them to be. It is upon us to continue to have these conversations, to encourage each other, to embolden each other, to show up and ex- and express our opinion through voting, uh, to, to be informed, uh, to not be 
dissuaded by cynicism or apathy. Again, this is our garden. Chicago is our garden. Let's take care of it. Let's make sure there's sunshine and water and uh, and maybe some pretty little pebbles or something. Whatever, whatever you want in your part of the garden, make sure it's there. And as folks have said, when you open your door, your alder people are the ones that are responsible for making sure that your streets are safe, that your that the trees are not falling in, uh, onto cars, uh, the garbage. That's 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 job one. The rest of it is what are your what do you want from City Hall? What do you what do you envision when it comes to businesses thriving, to our, our schools being safe and the education that our children receive? Uh, we want to support each other. And let's do that by showing up for each other. Uh, I'm going to take off. Uh, I'll be back. I'm back on the air. I should probably know this. At 8 o'clock. I'll be back on the air at 8 o'clock. Lady B is here. I know Matt's here. we got the whole team uh, supporting the uh, everything that's going on tonight. Thank you all so much. Uh, and... We'll be back in just. Do I do I take a break here, or am I taking it too early? Now I forget because I I usually I push the button from here, or do I give it to you? No, give me another thirty seconds. <laughs> do you want to text me, or is it is it, is it uh, just roll it down, push a button? I don't know what she's saying. Take a break. Take a break. All right, let's. <laughs> she gave me the three seconds. All right, I'm gonna take a break. All right, here we go. Let's do this.